Thanks for joining us today for the Ramp Church podcast. We pray that you will be encouraged and empowered by this week's message and you would encounter God wherever you're listening from. If you'd like to know more about Ramp Church Manchester or would like to partner with us in giving, visit us over on our website ramp.church/mcr or find us on social media. Now, let's go into this week's message. Good morning, Ramp Church. So thankful to be with you today and wherever you're watching from, uh, welcome. This is Ramp Church. Today we're meeting online and we have an amazing, amazing next few minutes together because we're having a conversation with two, literally two of my favorite people on planet Earth, um, Pastor Karen Wheaton and James Aladrin. So if you are new to the Ramp Church family, um, perhaps these, um, these folks are new to you as well, but they're certainly not new to Stacy and I um, at Ramp Church. Pastor Karen, um, gosh, we've been in each other's lives for quite some time, nearly 20 years. You tell uh, my age, not yours. Yeah, you say yeah, that. yeah. Uh, I am old enough that to know you that long, Joe, that's right. <laughs> and we are honored to be here, so honored to be here with you today. Yeah, so Pastor Karen, um, along with her husband, founded The Ramp in the States. And so she is our global leader, and we're so thrilled. Um, if you were at our service last week, uh, she was there live and in person. So I'm thankful to kind of continue uh, that that her ministry in that conversation this week. James, um, maybe maybe you're new to Prayer Storm and James Aladrin, but we've known each other for many years as well. Yeah. But you lead a ministry called Prayer Storm uh, that is really has a heart, a passion to mobilize, see the church awakened with prayer, but mobilize the church right. in places of prayer as well. Yeah. So we're going to be today talking about something that is really um, core to us. We, we have such a passion in the ramp and in prayer storm, uh, to live a, a life awake, fully awake, spiritually awake, our spiritual senses um, alive, and and a spiritual a spirituality that's vibrant. And I love the idea. And if you've been to our in-person spaces before, you know this. And if you're part of Ramp Church, you live this. The idea of of not having this kind of sleepy religious you know, just tradition-based Christian experience, but you live with this awareness and this realization that God's real, He's alive, mm-hmm. Jesus is alive literally like now, like right now. He, and the Bible says that where two or more are gathered, He's actually with us. So He's in this gathering. So we, we have three here in this room, but we're connected with you as well, wherever you're watching from today. He's, he's here with us, uh, a part of this. And that means that he's a speaking God. It means that he's active today. And if you're just beginning your faith journey, um, this is not just a celebration of something that happened in the past, although that's a part of it. Jesus came um, and he died and he was raised from the dead and we celebrate that. But that event is something that gives us life now and Jesus is active now. He's speaking now. You can hear his voice now. He can work in your life now. And that changes everything about your walk with God. Changes everything about the way we do church. Mm-hmm. Changes everything about the way we interact with the world around us, the way you live your job, uh, the way you live your life in your job, with your family, the way you parent. Mm-hmm. All of those things are affected because there's a living Jesus, because there's, uh, there, there's an active faith, 
and we're awake spiritually. And so I'm really excited. We really don't have a firm plan. I'm just going to let you in on a little insight here on the way uh. this combo is working. We don't have a super firm outline. And the reason is because I want you just to hear the overflow from Pastor Karen and James's heart on this topic. And it's my heart. And I just want to speak to you, Ramp Church. It's my heart that for us um, as, a faith, as a faith family, as a community, that we're living fully awake. Mm. I want to tell you, you know this, Ramp Church, that God doesn't just have a local work in mind. He has a global movement. Mm. And, and to be part of that, we need to be fully awake mm. in our spirit. We need to be fully aware of what God's doing. We need to have eyes to see what he's doing. We have ears to hear what he's doing. We have a heart that is beating with the heartbeat of God. And we need to be a spiritually awake church, a spiritually awake community to be a part of this. And so that's really what this conversation is about, is to get insight. What does it mean to be spiritually awake? Mm-hmm. Uh, where are we going when we are awake? Uh, how do we even get there? Uh, all of those things are, are kind of the topics we're going to be discussing. But James, I'd love to start with you yeah. because I've heard you talk about before this kind of dynamic of sometimes we don't even know we're not awake. Sometimes we don't even know we're spiritually uh, sleeping so can you just unpack that a yeah. bit to kind of get our conversation started? Yeah, I would love to, actually. I think a part of my journey is, is in fact, a major part of my journey is definitely the ramp, 2007. So that was when that kind of idea came to me. And it's this, you don't know you're asleep until you wake up. Wow. And what happened to me was I came to the winter, no winter ramp, summer ramp, 2007, and I thought I was on fire, and in all honesty, I was on fire for God. I wasn't in, in compromise, as far as I could remember. I, I was living, if I, I was joining the 40-day fast, because in that season, there was a fast going on, building up to 7707. That's right. So I was as engaged as I knew I could be engaged. Yes. But I had not been in an environment where I was pretty much... The way I was living seemed lukewarm compared to other people's fire. It, it was like being in that environment made me realize, gosh, I need to step up my, my game spiritually. I need, to, I need to go deeper. I need to go harder after God. It was just a whole new level of challenge I'd never experienced. What made it more real was because it was people that were similar age to me. Yeah. I could see that in. Wow. And so in that environment, I all of a sudden realized, goodness me, I've been asleep and I didn't even know it. <laughs> And so being in that environment kind of shook me out of whatever I was asleep in. And I found this whole new freedom. It was like a permission to just go all crazy. And it was like being in that environment just helped me to uh, accept that uh, that permission. Oh, I don't know if that's the right way to put it. It's like I received that challenge. Maybe that's the better. I received that challenge to go deeper, to go harder. What's that Misty Edwards song? How far would you let me go? How abandoned would you let me be? That environment caused that for me. So I often say, you don't know you're asleep until you wake up. And oftentimes, God puts you in environments that uh, it puts you with people that are so awake to him in ways you are not to show you how asleep you are, in order to bring you up. And so I love being around people that just shake me and challenge me because I want to be all that God has for me. So I love that challenge to come up higher. Yeah, that's amazing. So good. It it makes makes me think of, I remember um, for years, um, Pastor Karen, you preached this message about, you know, awakening is, is sometimes it's like an alarm clock. It's, it's, there's an urgency about it. And, and when you're asleep, 
you know, it's not that awakening is bad, but the process of getting awake is sometimes, what he's saying, it's challenging sometimes. I think sometimes when we come into environments that are awake, mm. I hope that's what you experience when you come to Ramp Church or even when you, when you tune in. I hope there's something about this that's equally intriguing but also challenging mm. all at the same time. There's something calling me deeper, but there's something that, that is really calling me higher mm. as well. Mm -hmm. So that, well, that's something we've seen at the Ramp for, for decades. Now. Yes, it is. And you know, years ago, I did preach a word. Uh, it was really about the, I think, initial awakening that we experience when we even come to know God initially. It is like, it is the initial awakening. Jesus called it being, of course, born again. So mm. you're born into the spirit world. Because most people that are spiritually dead or asleep, they don't even know that there's a spirit world that's out there. They don't even yes. realize. That seems a little weird and eerie, mm. you know? But the truth is, we are born spirit, soul, and body. So we're in this body. We have a mind. Those things are there. But our spirit is like it's dead or it's asleep until it is awakened to the reality of God and the truth that there even is a God and that He has a kingdom and that His kingdom is not just far away someday in heaven we're going to experience, but that His, His literally, His kingdom, He is among us. He is here. And there's, there's this spirit world that is more real than this tangible mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. then, so when we are born again, our spirit is awakened to see the real world. It's like we talk about with, with in, in our country, in, in America, uh, 45 minutes from where I was raised was a lady named Helen Keller. She was born in the late 1800s, and she was sick and was, became deaf and blind. But they worked with her until when she was about seven years old. They were able to break the communication barrier to this little girl that lived in a dark world. It was completely silent. She lived in a dark and silent world until they broke the communication barrier, and Helen Keller was what she called in her own words, she was awakened at a well with water, Come on. okay? And mm. so when she was awakened, she was able to see a world that she couldn't see and hear a world that she couldn't hear in the natural, but it was real to her, okay? So that's kind of what it is in the spirit realm. When we are awakened to the kingdom of God in his world, then we've got to stay awake. We've got to stay leaning in and pursuing. I love this about Helen Keller's story. They said when Helen Keller was awakened, when she was a little seven-year-old girl at the well, that the first thing she did was she just took off running. And, and even though she was still blind and deaf in the natural, she was running around to grass. And she was, you know, saying to her teacher, you know, what is this? And they'd spell out G-R-A-S-S, -S, grass. Go to a flower. She was, what is this? F-L-O-W-E-R, flower. So suddenly she is exploring a world mm. that has opened up to this little blind and deaf girl. That's kind of how we are in the spirit world. Mm. We spend the rest of our lives and even eternity saying to God, what is this in your kingdom? What is this? What is, what are you saying to us? What, what is your will? What is your word to us? That's the pursuit we are on. And it is an eternal pursuit of knowing this God and just digging into the depths of him and hearing his voice every day and seeing his, through his eyes the needs of this world. So we've got to stay awake to what he's saying. We've got to stay awake to what he is seeing so we'll accomplish our mission in this life. You know, and when you say that, I'm thinking about the fact that uh, you cannot be awake. Oh, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. Rubbish. <laughs> ah, Come on, goes. James. Come on, James. You got it. 
I was going to say something, Father, help me. <clears throat> Come on, Jesus. Oh, this is embarrassing. Sorry. No, please go, go, James, go, James. Because he, I love one thing while you're thinking on this. Let me just say this. It'll come to you, James. I love what he's saying. You don't know you're asleep until you are awakened. You know, then you realize. I got what's going Thank you, thank you. You realize how asleep you've been. What is it, honey? What did you hear? So while while you were saying that, uh, what came to mind is when you're awake to God, there is a manifestation in the natural. It affects your behavioral patterns. It affects yes. how you respond. Because when you're talking about that lady, when she got awake, she's, she, wasn't, she wasn't the same person. Her behavior no, changed. That's right, that's right. And so it's obvious people are not awake sometimes by the way they live, by the way they worship, by the way they are in yeah. prayer meetings, by the way they are around spiritual things. And sometimes we can be in meetings that you can feel that people have not been awakened to God because by the way they are responding, it's clear they haven't encountered God. There's no way you can really encounter God and not have a reaction. Impossible. Impossible. Encounter the real God, unless you maybe had... Uh, another encounter. But if you're going to encounter the real God, it's going to have a natural impact on the way you react. And we live in a culture where oftentimes people say, you know what, I'm, I'm an introvert. I am conservative. I am this. And I understand that because I'm an introvert too. But I often say, if I were to set you on fire right now, physically, Please. it doesn't matter whether you're an introvert or extrovert, <laughs> you are going to scream. <laughs> And so you're screaming, you forget about your personality type because all you're conscious of is the fact oh, that you're on come fire. On. Come on. And I, when I think of being awake, that is what comes to my mind, that I burn for God and that reality is manifested through my personality and anyone that comes around me has to know there's something different about this person because they've encountered something of God. That's right. So when you're awake, it has a manifestation in the natural. So oh, good. I love that. So I love good. that. And I mean, to me, it's, it, once you have seen the real God, like you've said, how can you do anything but respond with life? You've just connected to life and he becomes your life. And that is, that's what it is to live awakened. You know, we, we hear that phrase a lot, being awakened. Yeah. It's, it's like the catchphrase for the church for the last, well, I don't know, 15 years, I guess. You know, awakening conference, awakening this, awakening that. But what I find in the ramp, and we've been having these conferences now for 20 years, which is for mostly in America at the ramp, we have conferences for mostly church young people, okay? Youth groups that comes from all over the nation in various denominations, mostly Pentecostal, okay? These are the young people. Mm. And what blows me away is they mm. need to be awakened too. And do you know what they have to be awakened to? And these are church kids. They have to be awakened to the fact, number one, there's a real God. Whoa, there's a God that's, that's real. It's not just about going to church on Sunday mornings and going through the ritual of church and going through the ritual of hearing about God. Whoa, there's a real God. That's awakening number one. You just, it's like you just see him. And these young people come into his presence as we all have been, right? Mm -hmm. This is all of our story. And you are awakened to the reality of who he is. That is the greatest awakening that there is. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how else to describe it except you live the rest of your life running after that, pursuing him, living in a state like a little girl, like that little girl was, 
running around in his kingdom, desiring the things of his spirit. You don't just, you're not just awakened to go back to sleep in your comfort zone, you know. But no, we live our lives searching out the kingdom of God, searching out what he is saying at the moment. In fact, I loved every time I get with Joe and Stacy or James and Becky, the first thing we do, we did it today at lunch, didn't we? Where did we eat? Nando's? Nando's. Yeah. Nando's. I ate Nando's. Oh, it was good. The chicken was good, but the conversation was better. <laughs> and uh, I loved it because, you know what? James and Becky sat down, and the first thing we did was, what's God saying? Yeah. Because that's, what, what else yeah. is more important than that? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, James actually said, well, what's the headlines? Yeah, and, what are the headlines? You know, but to me, we hear that, what's the headlines of the spirit realm? Yeah. What's God saying right now? So we, we and believe me, he's saying, and he's speaking. Yeah. And we have to to hear what he has to say. The church has to live awakened. Yes. We don't just get saved and sit down and wait till Jesus comes. Mm -hmm. That's basically saying, get saved, give your heart to, you know, repeat us in his prayer, and then just go back to sleep and wait till Jesus comes. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, no. In Matthew 25, Jesus spoke of 10 virgins mm -hmm. that knew the Lord, yeah. but five were wise and five were foolish. Mm -hmm. And what happens is he came when they were asleep, mm -hmm. right? Five had prepared themselves with extra oil, mm -hmm. and five had not. They had been slumbering and sleeping. And that's the danger of staying asleep, is you're not becoming prepared mm. for the fact that he's coming. Wow. And he's on, he has an agenda. He has a mission. Mm. And it's, it's about harvest. It's about fulfilling our purpose in the earth for the moment. I mean, this life that we have is just for here's such a short moment anyway to fulfill our purpose for the generation that we are living in. Boom, and then he's coming. Mm. He's, either, he's coming literally soon. But even if he tarries, our lifetime is so short. Mm. And this generation right here in Manchester and in this area or the area where you're watching this from, Souls are every day yeah. slipping into eternity. We are being awakened for the sake of knowing him and loving what he loves, and that's harvest and souls. Amen. We can't be foolish and stay asleep and not be prepared. Wow. We have to be awakened. Wow. And I've got to say this, too. I feel the Holy oh. Ghost. Jesus, you know, you mentioned a while ago, a few months ago, that an old message when you said that I thought. Years ago, I used to preach a message at the ramp, and, and I would start it off just by having them sound, release an old alarm clock sound over the mm. loudspeakers. You know, alarm <laughs> clock, alarm clock's going off. And it's annoying, and it's like, cut it off, cut it off, because you don't like it. You know, it, it, it makes you uncomfortable, it pricks you, it's annoying. And, and really, I think, as a church, an awakening a church, we have a choice about how we are awakened. I just feel this right now. Mm -hmm. We have a choice about how we are awakened. Very good. Wow. We can be awakened through obedience, mm -hmm. or we can be awakened through circumstance, basically. Wow. Okay? Wow. In other words, when my girls were little, or I've got two daughters, and they were asleep, and it was time for them to get up for school or whatever, I'd go in there the first time, and usually, if they've got plenty of time, I can be sweet, honey, you know, Lauren. <laughs> Lauren, time to get up, sweet girl, and kiss her a little bit. And if she gets up, things are good, and she's going to be on time. It's wonderful. Everything, you know, the, the chores are being done. We're, we're on time. If she's going back to sleep, I might go in there and say, Lauren, I said get up. My, my tone is going to change. You come about the third time, I'm not sweet mommy anymore. I'm on a, I have a mission. I have, on a, I have an agenda, 
and she has a responsibility. I need you to get up and the light, I'm going to first flip on the light. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm going to flip the light on and tell her, Lauren, Michelle, get up, get up. Wake up, Lauren, get up. It's time. You're going to be late. I think right now the Holy Spirit is even doing that within the church. Wow. If we haven't listened to him when he was sweet yeah. and we haven't yeah, listened yeah, to yeah, his yeah, little yeah. nudges yeah. and his sweet voice and then he Very got a good. little more stern, he can do whatever it takes to wake up his church because he has an agenda. We have a responsibility. And if it takes circumstance to wake us up, yeah. then so be it. Yeah. Then yeah. so be it. Yeah. Because right now his voice is strong and the alarm clock is going off yes. and we may not like it, but he's coming. Yeah. Amen. Yes. I'd rather be awakened and not like it yeah. than yeah, yeah. sleep through it and miss it like the ten virgins, the five that were foolish. And they missed his coming. And then the door, the Bible says, the door was locked. Yeah. And then they were pounding on the door to open the door. And he said, I don't even know who you are. I don't even know who you are. And he's gone on with his purpose. And they were left outside of a locked door. Mm. Now that's the, that is the warning of the Holy yes, Spirit. We have to hear his voice. Even if we don't like the alarm and we don't like the awakening. Oh, oh, I still, I say, Jesus, prick me, shake me, stir me, shake me in the covers. Rip the covers off of me. Yeah. Get me out of my comfort zone. Do whatever. If I don't like it, do it anyway, God. But don't let me miss your voice and don't let me miss your coming. I don't want to be locked outside of a door. And his voice telling me, I don't even know who you are. Wow. 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 I hope you hear in that. I sure do. A call. Um, and I, I also feel it makes us aware of the moment that we're even in. I mean, it, it doesn't take a scholar to, to, to learn we're in a time of chaos. Mm. Uh, the world is in a time of uncertainty. Many of you have even suffered um, in significant ways, family members, even in this past season, financially or health-wise. And sometimes, I'm not saying God's orchestrating those events, but I will say this, I do think God uses events um, because he is trying to shake us. He's trying to, he's trying to reveal what ultimately our lives or our hope is built on. And what, what would happen, Ramp Church, if we could see in this season that God, God can use a circumstance that could crush us or... If we, would, if we would submit the season to him, come into it with open eyes and awake spirit, what if he could use those same circumstances to actually wake us up, mm. to actually call us deeper into mm. purpose, deeper into, into effectiveness for his kingdom, mm. deeper into a life of love and sacrifice for the kingdom of God. And I'm just wondering, even as we're hearing this call, we're talking about this call, what, what, how does someone respond to this? Like they're hearing this call right now and they're even feeling a shaking, maybe in their own life. And they're going, this feels uncomfortable. This feels, and, and I even wonder if some of what you're saying is bringing language to what they're already experiencing. Mm -hmm. I feel a shaking, I feel uncertain, I feel this kind of, my life is being reoriented around God. I've seen him in a fresh way. What do they do? I mean, what's the next step? Does that make sense? How do we respond to this? James, do you want to give that a go? Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I mean, it's so incredible what Ms. Karen was just sharing there about the urgency of the moment. Yeah. I think there is need for obedience because mm. it's one thing to hear the call is another thing to fully obey what God's saying. Wow. And I think uh, one of the reasons why Christianity, the gospel is not powerful as it should be in our generation is largely the church is living with a kingless gospel. Okay. Because 
when the king truly reigns, his government, it's not democracy. Yeah, yeah. Right. He reigns. Yeah. So what he says yep. is what I align myself with. His kingdom, That's right. his agenda is what's the most priority. Not my agenda, not my needs, not my wants, not, you know, getting God to meet my needs. Yeah. So I often say, does God exist for you or do you exist for him? So it starts with that place of hearing what God's saying and saying, Lord, I want to submit myself to your agenda. I want to be part of what you're doing. I don't want to miss out. I often pray prayers like, Lord, shock me now. (laughs) Don't shock me then. Whatever it takes to shake me out of any deception, because the crazy thing is, the person that's deceived doesn't know they're deceived. That's right. So I might be an exception, I don't even know. I'm like, God, whatever it takes to shake me out oh, of my deception, Jesus. shake me now, not yes. then. Shock me now, not then. Show me disobedience now, not then. I think, I think it's as simple as praying those kind of prayers and being ready to obey. Because the kingdom of God is about God's government yep. over our lives. Yeah. So in heaven, his will is done without resistance. Yeah. The angels don't resist the will of God. The angels don't argue with God. God wants it, the angels do it. Well, if he wants something in my life, am I ready to submit to that degree? And I feel that that's that's a reality we start to step into when we choose that path of obedience. His reign, and I don't think it's possible to really live in that place of obedience and be asleep because he's going to ask you to do things that will take you out of your comforts. There's no way you're going to be asleep while you're living obedience. In fact, the pathway of obedience leads you out of complacency because oftentimes it kills the flesh. Yeah, good. I mean, there's so much in this, honestly. It does. I I really feel as I'm listening to you guys, I feel we could stop every five seconds and unpack (laughs) an idea because I feel like even right now, and I can even sense it in my own thinking in some ways that maybe are stuck in some areas where maybe God isn't actually like the way I think he is. And and if if you're experiencing that now, I think that's actually a good thing. We need to kind of embrace that, that bit of a challenge. But you're even challenging some of our views of who Jesus is. Because I think oftentimes we, we think of him as like, he's standing at the door and he's just like gently knocking, you know? And he's like, if whenever you want to receive me, you know, I'm here. Like, and he's this just gentle guy in a robe and, and you know, yeah. just waiting on us to just accept him into our life and receive salvation. Does that make sense? It's kind <laughs> yeah, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're talking about a different kind of dude. And so, so there's a lot of reorienting going and even hearing what you're saying. There's a king mm-hmm. and he's Jesus and he has an agenda and he has a word that he wants to speak. And you talk about this kingdom that's advancing. And that is a totally different Christian experience that I think many of us have, have, have heard about. Yeah. Oftentimes it's like, if you really feel moved right now, raise your hand at the end of this service. I'm going to pray a prayer with you and you're going to get into heaven someday. But you are, this whole thing about awakening, this life of awakening, it's, re, it's like reorienting all of that. Yeah, can, can I add some, as you're saying, I'm also go, thinking go, about go, the fact go, that go. being awakened, we're baptized into an army. Yes. So the concept is we're not on the back seat. We're now at the foot. We're, we're advancing the kingdom of God. And so when you get saved, you're awakened. Your spiritual senses are awakened to hear God, to discern him. But at that point, you're a liability to the kingdom because everything has been done for you. He died on the cross for you. He saved you. At that point, you're not adding anything to advance his kingdom. And many people stay there. Yes, I'm saved. Yes, God has done this in my life. But... 
we have to transition from just being a liability to become an asset yeah. where we actually start to align with his agenda and what he wants is what we want. At that point, it's impossible to be at the forefront of what God's doing and be asleep. Because That's the right. nature of the battle is you have to be equipped. You have to be a warrior. And, you know, I often say we can't be an army if you're not a warrior. So you have to actually learn how to fight. Yes. That process awakens you, causes you to be alert to what God is saying, to what the enemy is doing. And that process causes you to be effective as a believer. There are many believers that are just coming to church. Maybe you're watching, just coming to church, listening to a nice message, not realizing you've been recruited to be part of an army. Come on. I remember saying this recently and someone was like, well, you know, uh, I'm, all this talk about being an army, I don't think it's for us. We should just pretty much saying we should just... just chill out in the love of God and, and all that. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with the love of God. Obviously, that's the foundation for everything that we... We're not trying to earn God's love. Of course not. His love is it, it's like the, the concept of being a warrior. It's from that foundation of love that we advance. We're not yes. uh, praying for love, but it's rather it's from it that we advance his kingdom. Yes. So yes. I just want to add that it's so important that we realize... We are part of an army <coughs> advancing the kingdom of God, and everyone has a part to play in yeah. that. I, I mean, that changes the way I see my career. It changes the way I see my family life. It changes the way I see my financial life, my financial future. It's like, if, I, if I'm really going to take what you're saying seriously, James, you're asking me to reorient my life around this thing. Absolutely. This, this is like, I am now re rethinking my career choice, my job choice, where I choose to go to university, you know, who I date, if I date, you know, all of these things because it's so much more than simply saying yes to God at one point in my past. Would you even speak into that moment? You know, what is it? Well, I, I love what James just said too because sometimes people think, boy, y'all are so about works. Like, you know, y'all sure are intense. It doesn't take all that. <laughs> I don't I mean, you have to be that radical. You know, uh, God loves you. That's enough. Of course he loves us. And nothing can separate us from that love. Mm. Uh, it, you're right, James. It's the basis of everything. It's not about earning his love. He's proven that. That's a finished work. Mm. But then the one who gave his life tells us, now you are not only to receive his love, but now you in return are to love him with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. So in other words, this is an exchange mm -hmm. here. He's given his life, I'm giving mine. Mm -hmm. So that means my whole world now, because he loves me, then, it went, then I love him. And if, if I love him supremely, then it's not just like I spend my 10 minutes with him and, and then go about all of my life, mm -hmm. like everything, no. He consumes everything. everything I am. You're right, Joe. Then that affects my job. It affects my marriage. It affects my children. It affects, it affects everything about who I am. He, it, I love what the, what the word says in Acts. In him, I live. I move. I have my being. My being is within God. You know, of course, I have my family. And I have responsibilities in a, in a job and everything else. But oh, everything I do, I don't just make the decision of what I think I want to do in my life. Good. No, I lean in. Okay, Father, what is your plan? Mm. Very good. What, what are you leading me to do? Where do you want me to be today? Yes. What, what are you saying? 
Lord, is he the one for me? Mm -hmm. Is that the job for that you have planned? So everything is acknowledging this one that is alive in me. That's really, Joe, what it is to live awakened. Mm -hmm. when the, the, how we live awakened, it's one thing to be awakened, but how to get up out of bed and live awakened is to acknowledge him every day, every day. Because it's not, it's not complicated. Mm -hmm. no. It's not complicated. It's not like, you know, we've all just got to live every day just drudging along, you know, we're warring and every day. Yes, but I tell you what, it's a war just to kill the flesh. Yeah. But, oh, the joy of living awakened. That means, oh, I love that. If you live in the spirit, that's what living awakened mm -hmm. is. Live in the living spirit. Good. And you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Because the spirit and the flesh are warring and you can't do the things that you would. Yes. So to live awakened means to live in the spirit. Mm -hmm. You're living awakened into the spirit realm that you were awakened to. Now I live in that realm. It's the priority, not the priority of my life. It is my life. Mm -hmm. I live led by the spirit of God. Mm -hmm. That's what it means to live awakened. Mm -hmm. You live awakened because now then every day I am pursuing God. Not to have seen him just one time, like a little peek and accept him. No, every day the veil is being moved of who he is. Mm. Whoa, you see more of who he is and you hear more of his heart. So that's what it is. So anyway, to wrap my little question up here is to say, yes, I am loved. But because I love him now, I'm going to love what he loves. So I take on his mission in the earth. Amen. I'm going to fulfill that. I'm going to live to fulfill that. Amen. Glory to God. I want, I want oh, to say you, something. Jesus. And just when you said that, that sparked of a conversation I had a few weeks ago, maybe a few days ago. So I was speaking to a group of footballers mm. on Zoom. These are professional footballers. And so afterwards, some of them sent some questions. Uh, and I was able to answer some questions on the Zoom call. But then one of them sent me a message on Instagram and said, oh, love what you shared. I'm just in a, a situation where um, uh, I've kind of been spending some time fasting and praying. And I just feel like I've had a revelation of a resting in God. Uh, and I want to rest in God, but I also feel like when I rest in God, I am not as zealous. And I'm, I'm in this place where I'm confused about, you know, resting means I'm not zealous, but I don't want to be just doing works. And so, does that make any sense? Yes, Is this yes, kind of, so, yes. so, so I said to him, I said, you know what? It's, it depends on your definition of rest. Because Jesus was resting in the revelation that he was the beloved of the Father. Yes. That was his position of rest. Unshakable. Yes. So from that position of rest, he was sent to fast and pray Very good. in the desert. So I said, the finished work of Christ is the platform for the current work of the Holy Spirit. Mm. The fact that Jesus said it is finished Very does good. not mean you are done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That means <laughs> you've, you've just started. Yeah, he, he's finished his part yeah. and his spirit is deposited in you and he's at work in you, which means it's going to look like fasting. It's going to look like prayer. It's going to look like what some people might look like and say, oh, you're being a bit too intense. Well, the spirit is intense. Yeah. When he works out of you, he, you find that... Everything about the, the kingdom of God is not about you being, it's not about your comfort, it's not about your flesh. And, you know, I like to put it this way, God wants, God wants to kill you and the devil wants to kill you. So you've got to decide. <laughs> <laughs> you decide, <laughs> executioner. You decide who's going to execute. God wants to kill the flesh. Yeah. 
And the process. What is that? It, it, just, just, okay. just, just unpack that just slightly because okay. that's a new word for some people. Okay. Yeah. The flesh represents my kind of desires, my ambitions, the, the part of my being that's not aligned yep. with everything that God is and yeah. he's called me to yeah. be. It's not the real me. It's, it's, it, it's, not, it's not the real me, but it can pose as the real me yeah. because it's manifesting in my desires. Yeah, so the flesh is often connected to sensual things things of this life and things of this earth. Yes. And it's not something you do once and for all. Oh yeah, I killed the flesh last week. No. He <laughs> <laughs> yeah. says you die daily. Okay. So, yeah. so, so, so it's a process. And this is why it's okay about living awakened. You cannot live awakened without going through that process of obedience. And oftentimes, you're saying no to what your flesh... Okay, the Holy Spirit wakes up at 5 in the morning or 3 in the morning to pray. Your flesh does not want to do... Yeah. But I don't know about your flesh. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I do like wake up early, but I'm... My that. flesh doesn't often want to pray at 3 in the morning or whatever. But there are times where you know God is drawing you. And yeah. if, if you've done this before, you know if you don't respond, then you miss a moment. And so that process of response kills your fleshly desire. Yes. So God is in the business of killing the flesh. And yeah. if you're really going to be awakened, you're going to get used to dying often. Yeah, that's so good. I think that the other thing it does is it starts a cycle. Mm. where you are now living the awakened life mm. because one step of obedience leads to another step of obedience. And it's what the word says. We're moving from glory to glory, faith to faith, strength to strength. Yeah. And you're going to look back and, and you may not in the moment feel like, I'm not really growing spiritually. I feel, But you're going to look back a year later oh, and you're yeah. going to go, whoa, yeah. that thing I was struggling with a year ago? I'm not struggling with it anymore because my spirit strengthened itself beyond yeah. the struggle that I was having. And that is the awakened life. That's what God's calling you to. It's what he's calling us to. I, I want to kind of end this time before we pray. And I just want to talk a little bit about just maybe a couple thoughts on what does it look like to, to be part of an awakened church. Mm. So when, we, when we're a part of a community, we've talked about this as individuals in many ways, you know, killing the flesh individually. Helen Keller, being a, my spiritual sense is being awakened. But when I step into a community, into a vision and a mission that's bigger than I am, you know, what, what is that? And, 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 and what does it mean to be a part of that? And what does it mean to, to be awake in that space? In a community. Yeah, how, how would you respond to, to, to kind of that idea? Well, it's one of the most precious gifts that God gives us mm. is to be able to be part of a community that is a, a group of people that is hungry to know God together. And if you've been drawn to whatever community that the Lord has drawn you to, you have a responsibility in that community, yeah. you know, to contribute and be a part of I've heard of you talk mission. about, we have this individual purpose, which you just talked about purpose a little, a little while ago, but we also have this corporate responsibility. Corporate responsibility. So each of us have an individual. We are full of individual uh, callings and gifts and talents and anointings. But when you put your little bit with my little bit, my little bit with yours and my little bit with then then all of a sudden coming together, we form an army. It's, it's a force of, the Bible says one can put a thousand to flight, two can put 10,000. In other words, two, he says, if just two of you agree on earth, it's touching mm. anything you ask. So there's, there's one thing for me to ask God for something and, and walk individually, but boy, when Joe and I come into agreement, now mm. then this, this agreement forms a power of unity that represents an 
it's an, it's an unstoppable force. Mm -hmm. It all of a sudden begins to impact a region. Mm -hmm. So for those of, at, at Ramp Church that we have here, Ramp Church, or whatever body that God has put you a part of, whoa, that group of people in that community can impact a region. I always put it like this at the ramp because we, we work with a lot of young people, okay? We always say it like this. One awakened young person mm -hmm. can awaken a youth group. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One awakened youth group can awaken a church. One awakened church can awaken a city. Mm -hmm. And one awakened city, which we are yet to see, can awaken a nation. Now in 1904, right in Wells, mm -hmm. we saw an awakened yes. city. Mm -hmm. yes. It started with an awakened man named Evan Roberts, mm -hmm. who awakened a little youth group. Mm -hmm. And then that little youth group awakened that church mm -hmm. on October 31st of 1904. And that awakened church began to awaken a nation. Mm -hmm. And we, in a, even in America, still feel the results right. of the prayers of a little group of people that started with a little young wow. man, wow. okay, named Evan Roberts. Wow. And we in America, in, in, of course that revival hit Azusa Street in 1906. Mm. And so that, that's what happens. It's the power of one hungry person mm. that wants to live awakened, Jesus. that knows there's more to God than going to church on mm -hmm. Sunday morning mm -hmm. occasionally when we feel like it and sitting in the pew and going home and living our lives. Mm -hmm. But whenever one awakened young person says, well, there's more to God than this, mm. and they get some more, then that community grows, that, that one person can change the world. Wow, wow. I think there's really only kind of one way to end, and, and that's in prayer. I mean, I'm hungry to pray after that. And Ramp Church, I believe, um, along with many other beautiful churches and visions across this nation, that we're meant to be that awakening, that hub of awakening. Mm. And I just even as a result of this, this word, I think it's more than a word to us. I think it's a mandate from mm -hmm. God. I think it's a call. I think it is a, uh, a vision that he's, that he's wanting us to say yes to. And I just wonder, um, Pastor Karen and James, if you guys would just even pray over us mm -hmm. to kind of end this service and, um, and, uh, and welcoming us, Ramp Church, into a fresh season of this, a fresh yes, a fresh realization of what we're on about around here. Mm. Uh, that this isn't just, wow, lockdown's lifting, we're able to meet back in person, isn't this great? You know, it's not just that. But we're coming back mm. with, a, with a fresh vision, mm. um, a fresh understanding, a revelation of who God wants us to be. Um, James, would you, would you just start us? Yeah, start us yeah. Off? Father, we just thank you for this word about awakening. We thank you for this calling to be awakened people. And Lord, we just want to sign up again and say yes, yes to this path, yes, yes to this journey of living awakened. We say, Lord, shock us now. Yeah. Don't shock us when it's too late on the day of judgment. Lord, we say right now, let yes, every Lord. area of our lives that's in compromise, deception, oh, distraction, and any kind of thing from the enemy blocking our progress, hindering our progress. Lord, let those areas be shaken, exposed, obstacles removed, where there's been spiritual stagnation. Let there be acceleration yes. and momentum. Father, where we've been just like spiritual couch Jeez. potatoes, Lord, wake us up and equip us to be part of your end yes, time Lord. army now. So Father, we say yes to the call. And as you're watching this, you might want to just recommit yourself. Say, Father, I say yes to this life. I say yes to this path of 
of, of dying to self and saying yes to the Spirit, living filled with your Spirit on a daily basis. Father, I say yes to living awakened. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that it's not by our power, but it's by your Spirit. So Lord, even right now, thank you for your Spirit being released in every home, everyone watching right now, as you begin to draw us deeper to be those people that would be awakened and the church that will be awakened to cause an impact in this city and the nation. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes. And the Lord says to you in the word that says, awake, awake, O sleeper. Yeah. And he says, for the, for the night is far spent and the day is at hand. Lord, I thank you that, that we still have time for those of us watching right now. And I feel like telling someone that's watching right now, either at Ramp Church or maybe wherever, wherever you're from, uh, it's not too late. Okay. It's not too late. It's not over for you. Yeah. Uh, don't feel like, well, you've missed it. No, no, no. The door hasn't closed yet. Yeah. Come on, you're still breathing. That means the door is still open for you. Thank you, Lord. And yes. you've got time still to trim your lamp and keep it burning. Wow. So this is not, it's not over. No. no, you're not going to be the one left out behind the closed door because you're hearing this word and the Lord is giving you an opportunity. So you and I both today say, oh God, do not. Do not let me get comfortable. Do not let me be so asleep that I miss the mm. sound of the bridegroom is coming. Mm. Lord, do not let me miss the sound of your voice and the urgency of this hour. Prick me, shake me like James mm. said, God. I don't want to get comfortable. Mm. So I am asking you, God, keep me stirred and keep my ears open, God. Mm. I pray it. I, I just feel like telling someone right now, too. I know the rest of your family may be asleep spiritually, but you aren't. Mm. And come on, you're awake to save them. Mm. Yeah. You're awake to save them. They're going to see your burning life, and it's having more of an impact than you know. You're doing more good than you know. Mm. You're having a greater impact than you realize. Come on, honey. Don't, don't be lulled asleep by the mantra of the enemy, but you stay alert. Father, thank you. Thank you that you're keeping us. Oh, God, and thank you for mercy. And another chance. Thank you so much, Thank Lord. You, we love you, God. You're our everything. Mm. So here we are, Jesus. Here we are, Lord. Use us today for your glory, individually and corporately, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, incredible. <laughs> incredible. If maybe you just tuned in halfway through it, um, don't worry. Everything that we do here at Ramp Church is available on demand. So you can go back, um, watch the service. Some of you who are here for the whole thing, you wanna go back and watch it anyway. But if you've yet to be uh, a part of a Ramp Church community, we have just started a brand new season. So I just wanna encourage you, get in a community. That's where we take uh, many of these concepts that, that are just can sometimes be abstract and we work it out with others to figure out how do I get this into my life every day. So go to ramp.church slash MCR, and you can sign up for, for your communities there. I'm, I'm a part of a community, and I just encourage, I, I, I genuinely, genuinely believe every person has a community that they're meant to be a part of. So, so thankful to spend this time with you today. If you are new to Ramp Church, be sure to click that link under the video that says new here. I'd love to get to know you and hear your story. And until next time, we thank you, you, James and Pastor Ken. We love you. Talk soon.